Hi guys, welcome back to episode 18. I'm Allie, the host of this podcast, and I'm here again with Dana and Kitty, and this is the third part of us looking through magazine articles. Today we're looking through women's health's definition of a romantic and love rules for single men. But the second one is <laughs> weirder. <laughs> Pretty sure this, what it means to be a romantic, according to experts, is... I scanned through going, it. It's, uh, it's only bad. gonna be, like, half accurate. It's not the same as being asexual or single. That is That's very true. true. It is not the yeah. same as being asexual or single. Asexual very means promising. we don't want sex, but some of us don't mind dating. To be honest, the more I think about it, I do classify myself as aromantic, but the more I think about it, I'm like, if I could find another ace, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily mind having like another ace that was sort of kind of like a partner but mm -hmm. not like basically just a glorified best friend that i cuddle with and occasionally do lovey shit with yes that sounds nice yeah i would be down for that i feel like that sounds like a qpr almost yeah probably it's just hard to find someone to do that with yeah yeah um, so the article just starts off about talking about this girl, Jenny, who is a romantic. She found somebody that was apparently easy to talk to, fun to be around, great concert companion. Dude really loved her. She didn't love him back. She'd never loved anyone, romantically at least. She couldn't even wrap her head around what that felt like. I feel you there. Mm -hmm. After Googling can't fall in love, she learned there was a term for people like her, a romantic. Yeah, imagine that. I immediately thought, that's me, and was excited to have found a community to engage with. Uh, she's German, apparently. Uh, then they move on to this other girl, 20-year-old person from Seattle, Claire. Their aha moment was when their partner said, I love you, for the first time. I suddenly realized, oh, we don't mean the same thing when we use this word. Yeah. Mm. Again, I know that feeling. It's like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Claire's love was the kind you feel for a close friend, not the butterflies in your stomach, starry-eyed stuff. I realized that they were talking about romantic feelings, and I wasn't. Does that make sense? And then it goes on about the specific definition of aromantic, mm -hmm. typically used to describe someone who experiences little to no romantic attraction. According to the Aromantic Spectrum Union for Recognition, Education, and Advocacy. Never heard of that before. No, I haven't either. Apparently Claire works there. <laughs> Touches on the fact that there's like no data about aromanticism? Yeah, there's very little data about aromanticism. But one journal of LGBT issues and counseling study of 414 Americans found that almost 1% were aromantic and 0.7% were asexual. That's surprising to me. Another not yet published study out of the University of British Columbia in Vancouver found that about 27% of asexual people were also aromantic. Big shock. I find it surprising that it, there were more aromantic people than asexual people reported in the study. Yeah, that's interesting. It might be because we're more involved in the ace community, but I still I hear about asexuality mm -hmm. more than aromanticism. I get, even though I'm subscribed to both subreddits, both the aromantic subreddit and the asexual subreddit, uh -huh. I get more notifications from the aro subreddit. Oh. I don't know hmm. why that is. Maybe I forgot to turn on the ones for the ace community, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I've discovered that, just from like reading the comments on threads and whatnot, mm -hmm. I've discovered that arrow people seem to be less likely to be vocal about being arrow. A lot oh, of them yeah. talk about people perceive them, especially if they're not arrow ace. Mm -hmm. If they're allosexual aromantics, apparently they get perceived more as being like, 
a douchebag or something. Yeah, yeah. That... Who just wants sex with nothing else, and they're just a cold dick. Yeah. So they're not very vocal about the fact... Aloe yeah. arrows have it really hard. They, yeah. Yeah. I feel so bad for them, because it's like, just because... They can't or don't feel romantic love for other people doesn't mean that you can't have a worthwhile relationship with them. Also, if they don't want to have a relationship in a romantic way, of course they can still have their friendship relationship. It doesn't mean they just hate everyone and just want to have <laughs> sex. Like, they still have friends and shit. Well, and a lot of them express a desire for, like, a friends with benefits situation. And the problems that they run into is some of them are like, it'd be great if I could have a friends with benefits situation, but because I'm aromantic, anybody that I'm interested in doing that with is like, they basically just want to be like, well, I'll sleep with you and whoever else I want to, and I'm not down for that. I'm like, can we not just be like a one-on-one -on -one thing? Mm -hmm. Can't we be exclusive friendsless benefit? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I can understand why you would want that. Yeah, fair enough. Because I would not want to be, like, sleeping with somebody who's also sleeping with who knows who and potentially bringing back God only knows yeah. what to me mm -hmm. in terms of like STIs and STDs and whatnot. Or they run into the problem of people who are like, no, we can't be friends with benefits. You either want a full-blown romantic relationship with me or I don't want anything to do with you. And it's like, damn. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it seems a really hard for them to find people who are A, willing to even try to understand how they are and how they work. Mm -hmm. mm. And then B, to find somebody who's, like, willing to actually engage in any sort of relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be this notion that, like, aero-allosexual people are just, like, man-hoes mm -hmm. or lady-hoes, and they're just running around sleeping with people, just like, no, I don't have any feelings for you, I don't do that, I want to have my cake and then go on my way. When actually, from what I've seen on the aromantic subreddit, a lot of them would like to be with, like, one person and have a very tight friendship bond with yeah, them, yeah. but also be a, you know, here's this person that I am sexually attracted to, and I enjoy their company as another human person. I just don't have to deal with the romantic stuff that I'm not even mm -hmm. physically capable of understanding. Makes total sense. There are people who do want to do the hookup culture thing. Yeah, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it safely. I have a friend who he's he's ace and pan romantic, but for a mm -hmm. while he thought he was allosexual and aromantic. Yeah, it's, he's an odd oh, person, huh. but it's like <laughs> yeah, he did the whole sleeping with a whole bunch of people culture, and that was fun for him for a bit. But you don't want to do that forever necessarily, even if you do want to do that. He's married now, like. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. He got married to another ace. They're cute. Yeah, that's the other thing. Kind of circling back to my thing of, like, I wouldn't necessarily mind having another, like, ace partner who mm -hmm. is basically, like, a best friend that also cuddles. Like, I could see myself like, I wouldn't be adverse to marrying a person like that if for no other reason than, like, the tax benefits and whatnot. <laughs> 
the, the first thing that popped into my head while I was thinking about it was like the Kevin Smith movies with Jay and Silent Bob, where Jay was forever introducing Bob as this is my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could totally see myself doing that. In the Arrow community, because A, a lot less of them talk about it, it's probably harder to find another. Mm-hmm. Aloe arrow, and then yeah. other people just think you're a piece of shit for some reason. Yeah, they just think that you're like a sex fiend, and all you want is sex, and you don't want the commitment or whatever. It seems like people are less interested in applying the same logic that they do to other queer communities of, you know, this is the way that they were born, this is the way their brain functions and all that, and they almost treat it like, well, you're just choosing to be a hoe. It's very hypocritical and rude. It makes me sad. Even if they do accept that it's like how their brain works, they kind of treat it the way they do. Oh, you were just born to be a douche, and it's like, no. It's, it's like, kind of like how people... If they're different than normal, if they're neurodivergent, it's like, with certain mental illnesses, it's like, oh, then you're yeah. inherently a bad person. You're inherently yeah. evil. Or, my favorite stupid reason to hate someone. You were born in this very specific window of time in which we apply this BS pseudoscience called astrology. Astrology. Uh, yes. And because you were born during this particular window and you are, according to that, this specific star sign, you're the scum of the earth. Specifically people who are like Scorpios. What mm. the fuck is up with people hating on folks born in November? Like, <laughs> oh my god, if you google the word Scorpio, you'll find 57 articles about how they're basically psychopaths mm -hmm. and everybody should avoid them. And here's me sitting over here going, what the fuck? I've known one person that was born in November that was an asshole. All the others were fine. The Canadian is the only Scorpio I've ever met who fits that stereotype. And I sincerely doubt that had a fucking thing to do with the time of year he was born and everything to do with his dysfunctional, abusive family and the fact that he never went to seek help for how twisted up his life and past made him. Mm -hmm. Instead, he just decided to be a bitter, angry asshole who takes it out on everybody else. I had it where I was waiting. I always was at school in uni because how the bus worked out half an hour early. And so I was mm -hmm. sitting with one of my classmates and two of them were discussing what their least favorite star sign was. And one of them says one. And then they're like, oh, when's your birthday? And my birthday made me that one. And then they go, oh, that makes sense for you. And I'm like, that was, I feel like that's Fuck kind of rude. Like, right? Dang. When is your birthday? Um, March 13th. You're Taurus, I believe. I don't think that's right. That doesn't sound right. We're going to look this up? Yes. Uh, March. Uh, you're an Aries. Uh, you're either a Pisces or an Aries. So you're either a fish or a ram. She would be a Pisces, right? don't know why people hate on Pisces is a sensitive water sign. Your sign is fluid and tends to be sympathetic to the underdog. It's easy for you to feel other people's experiences and that can obscure your own. You can be vague and escapist, uh. but make up for it by being compassionate and intuitive. I think it was. They didn't like it because they're kind of wishy-washy. Okay. Lisette real is really into astrology, but even she is like the daily horoscopes and crap 
that people come up with for it is absolute nonsense. It's absolute bullhockey. Yeah. Like, there is a place, especially in, in my sister and I's case, where we're very spiritual people and we practice alternative religious or spiritual practices. Astrology does have a place in that circle of certain rituals or whatever that you're doing are meant to work better at specific times with specific planets and whatnot aligned and all that fancy hoopla and whatnot. And it's like, it has a place for that. But boiling someone down to a specific set of traits, discounting everything else about them, like how they were raised, what traumas they may or may not have gone through, etc. It's like, you were born at this time of year, so this is who you are, regardless of everything else that happens in your life. No, that's not how people work. There are very definitely people who kind of make a living off of basically looking at a person and generally speaking people who are mediums or psychics or fortune tellers or whatever that do that a lot of it isn't even that they're just going off your star sign yeah, yeah or no. whatever they look at that and they take that into consideration but a lot of it is like people reading mm -hmm. they put stuff out there and they kind of gauge the way you react to it and intuit from your reactions, the information that you give them and whatnot, okay, here's the most likely. Now granted, there are some who are legitimately gifted and are able to pick up on things, regardless of what you do or don't tell them. By and large though, especially the people who like somehow make it big and make a crap ton of money, Yeah, a lot of those people are scammy bastards. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> They may have been actually gifted at one point in time or another, whether they were somehow tapping into the collective unconscious or had some sort of extrasensory gift. What I have found about those people, though, is even if they were legitimately gifted at one point, when you turn around and use that gift to basically be a greedy bastard and just make money off of others, that gift will die and abandon your ass quicker than you can blink. The whole say some words into a big audience and this will yeah. relate to someone and they'll stand up and tell you their story and you'll be correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. when I, uh, I hate that. It just needs to be vague enough. Especially when it's telling them about dead people. I don't, it's just, it's so gross. Well, I hate that. It's I so gross. That. This is so off topic. I do not, it is. I do oh. not put it out there in the world that I can do that on any level. Like I'm, every now and then I've had an entity come to me and be like, hey, I need you to go tell this person that you already know this thing. I am absolutely not going to go try and make money off of that because, A, that's shady as shit. How can you consistently get this specific person you that can't. you want? That doesn't make sense you to me. Can't. Like, if there are ghosts and whatever, why the fuck would they care about you and what you tell them to do? They don't. Here's the thing. I have my beliefs on what it is, but I do not have the answers to it. Like I said, I might be tapping into the collective unconscious. It might actually be a fucking ghost. I might just be crazy. I don't know. I have my belief of what I think it is, but I also know that I do not have all the answers and I might be wronger than a $2 bill. So... 
in my experience, you can politely and respectfully put it out there that you would like to communicate with a specific spirit. Whether they show up or not, that's up to them. Yeah. If they don't feel like talking to your ass, they ain't gonna. There's not anything you can do to make them. What are you gonna do? Go grab them? No, they're incorporeal. The ones that always make their, the spirit show up, it's like, what? <sighs> Why would the spirit want to talk to you? Like There again... A lot of what they say when they're doing that, mediums, particularly mediums like John Edwards and people like him where they go into a big room and they're like, I'm getting an elderly gentleman on this side of the room whose name starts with this letter. It might be John or Jim or Jay or whatever. A lot of what they're doing is just like, first off, most of the time they have like a little inconspicuous earpiece in and the people who are there in the audience have filled out little like questionnaires and one of the things they will ask you on those questionnaires is like who would you most want to be contacted by and the producers and whatnot will feed them information through that earpiece like off of those cards and then they kind of do it vaguely and in like just very generalized because they know somebody will latch onto that Mm -hmm. and then they can intuit it and like build on it and reel you in a lot of famous psychics are really smart people who are really good at reading people and are really good very good at manipulating yeah and it's really shitty it is i don't like it whereas in my case the like two or three times i've been poked by i don't know what and been like go tell so and so this from me i've been in my house by myself minding my own fucking business and then i get slapped upside the head and it's like damn okay okay and the next time i see that person i'm like hey by the way and they look at me like what the fuck yeah that's fair how do you know about that where did that come from and i'm like i don't know dude but i've had people ask me when they find out that i've had that happen a time or three to try and get in touch with like a specific loved one and i'm like i can try but no guarantees Generally speaking, when that's happened, it's been a person that I know the person who's still living, and I also met at least once the person who is no longer living. Mm -hmm. If I never met this person, why are they going to come talk to me? They don't know me. It's like, yeah, if you want, I'll try to contact your dead ex-boyfriend who I never met because he died five years before I even met you. It's probably not going to work, though. Why would Mm -hmm. Billy Bob Boo Boo come talk to me? He don't know me. Billy Bob Boo Boo the ghost. (laughs) (laughs) We're like way off topic. Oh, we're so off topic. Back to the article. The next section tries the... Well, tries, I say, but actually I think it does an okay job of describing the difference between being aromantic and being asexual. You would think this would be pretty straightforward and clear. Like, it's in the word. Asexual deals with sexual attraction, whereas... A romantic deals with romantic romantic attraction and they're different things. <laughs> I feel like to someone who doesn't perceive them as different things yeah, and never has heard about them as different things, it would be more confusing. Yeah, it's some people view attraction as attraction because they don't have a difference. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a frame of reference. Don't you get like it's hard to understand. Friendship attraction? Like, is that not different from your uh, people are weird. I don't Maybe they wouldn't consider that attraction. Yes, I don't know. Platonic attraction? 
what else would you call platonic attraction when you're like mm-hmm. really want to be friends with someone it's like and, i like, like you i like what you're about i want to be your friend because i like what you're about or could <laughs> could someone interpret that as romantic attraction I, I feel like most people I, would interpret that as romantic. Because the end all be all is a romantic relationship. I interpreted it as romantic before I figured out what yeah, so asexuality did I. was. Yeah, yeah like, I think if you don't know about it, then you don't know about it. You know? have probably done that. Yeah, like, that's, that's very normal. Oh, yeah, I've definitely. seen a lot of on the Arrow subreddits is where, like, especially when they were in school, middle school, high school, they saw mm-hmm. a person that they liked the way they looked, they liked them as a person, and they basically managed to convince themselves that because I like the way you look, and because I like who you are as a person, and I wouldn't necessarily mind shagging you, I must have a crush on you. I must yeah, be in yeah. love with you. But then mm-hmm. you notice mm-hmm. that our crushes are like, don't have all those... Like, people talk about how they're so nervous around their crush, and I'm like, why would you want to be friends so- be with someone you're always nervous? someone who makes you feel like you're having a panic attack. Yeah, that doesn't seem, like, fun. Because that's the other thing, is, like, when you look at, like, what people describe, like, romantic spark, romantic attraction, what it does to your body physically. Yeah, it sounds like anxiety. It is exactly (laughs) the same as an anxiety attack. Oh, really? Yes. Your heart rate goes up, you get queasy or, like, upset stomach type feelings, your breathing rate increases, you get sweaty hands, you perspire everywhere, it can cause nausea, it can cause, like, headaches, it's like- What the heck? There are a number of times people on the aromantic subreddit have, like, put up, like, side by side, like, what falling in love feels like. And what a panic attack feels like. And like, bullet point for bullet point, it's the same thing. And then they're all of them in the comments are like, oh my god, that sounds horrifying. Why would you ever want that? You poor bastards. Why would you want to be around (laughs) someone who's causing your body to do that? That doesn't make sense Uh to me. If someone makes me feel like that, I'm going to leave. Exactly. If someone makes me feel like I'm having a fucking panic attack, would they make me that anxious and stressed out? I don't want to deal with them. Well, like the one girl who... I don't think she's an intrinsically bad person, but her life is very dramatic, and she seems to kind of thrive on it in a way. And pretty much the only time this girl reaches out to talk to me is when some sort of shit show is going on in her life. And it's gotten Uh to the point where, like, literally when she messages me and I see her name pop up Mm -hmm. with a message, it immediately gives me anxiety. Like, I get shaky, my heart rate jumps up through the roof because my brain is immediately like, oh god, what now? So I've been kind of ghosting her for a while because I'm just like, can you please just... I don't want to nuke this bridge or burn it to the ground. I just, I, I want to put a fence up at my end. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. need you, to, I need you to go, please. <laughs> the description of, like, crush equals anxiety attack is not something that I think I personally experience. And I feel, here is a problem because I don't actually know my own romantic orientation anymore. <laughs> Going back and forth between, am I eight I don't know. <laughs> You're young, you'll figure it out in time. Like, don't, I wouldn't stress out too much about it right now. You're- Yeah, don't plan on it. I figured out I was ace at like 14-ish. 
Mm. 15. It would have been 15. Just barely 15. Mm-hmm. And I figured out I was probably Arrow at like 18, 19. I didn't figure out I was either until I was almost 30. So don't worry about it too much. <laughs> I had like four years of knowing I was Ace before I figured out if I was Arrow. Yeah. I definitely am. <laughs> Because I feel like the more I think about it, the more the descriptions don't line up with whatever I'm feeling. Because I've never felt that, like, anxiety attack-inducing thing. No, neither have I, which is part of why when I was, like, researching it, I was like, oh. Because there were definitely people, like I said, I've been engaged four times. And while I definitely, all the people that I've, like, dated or been engaged to, I'm like, I like this person. I want to spend time with them and be around them pretty consistently. I never had that anxiety attack feeling either, Mm -hmm. where I was like, oh my god, this person kind of makes me feel like I'm dying. They make me nervous as all living hell. I must love them. Like... No, it was like, I really like this person. And I care about them enough that I would get between them and harm. So I love them. I just (laughs) was not, like, in love with them. It's like, yes, I love you as a human being, and I want to spend time with you and do my best to keep you from being harmed by the world at large. It just wasn't ever, like, what people describe being in love like. Mm-hmm. Which I'm kind of glad for, because honestly, having anxiety as well, if I ever had that reaction to someone, I probably would never talk to them or be around them again, because I'd assume that there was something about them that was very detrimental to my well-being. I'd be like, that person, just being around them, gave me a fucking panic attack. So, no more of that person for me, thanks. <laughs> I've been anxious around new people, but that's just because I'm anxious around people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if it's enough to make you nauseous, I feel like yeah if somebody gave me that strong of a reaction as what people describe like romantic attraction as feeling like I like I said I would assume this person is giving me an anxiety or a panic attack I don't need to be around this person this person's very bad for me and I would just gone I mean also because uh, some people might just not react that strongly even if it is romantic attraction so yeah 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 you know it's hard to say Back to the article. We're probably not going to get to the second one of this space. That's fine. So what does an aromantic relationship look like? Our society tends to hold the idea that the most important relationship a person can have is a sexual and romantic one with a singular person. Yeah, we're yeah. aware. Yeah. I think a lot of the conversation now about different kinds of sexualities and different relationship styles is about saying that that's not the only type of relationship that is important and valuable for people, and that's not the only way that people relate to other people. Yeah. In Claire's case, they have found or chosen family they spend a lot of time with and go to for emotional support, as well as a queer platonic partner, which they describe as a relationship outside of the romantic partner friendship binary. It's sort of taking what you like from various types of relationships making it work for you in a choose-your-own-adventure relationship format. I like that. I like that description. That (laughs) description is amazing. What is a QPR? It's whatever the fuck you want it to be, which is accurate. It's a (laughs) choose-your-own-adventure book in relationship format. People have made lists 
of like what items you want yeah. in your QPR. Yeah, I've seen that. Claire and their partner have tea together, attend the same place of worship, see each other as frequently as they can, and talk to each other often. But we're not participating in some other things that might be considered more romantic, like dates. We're not living together. We might choose to raise a child together in the future, but that hasn't been decided yet. And while some QPRs can involve sex, Claire's doesn't. That's fine. Just like how every relationship varies, Claire says the difference between their queer platonic relationship and their platonic relationships is simply a feeling. It's very nebulous. I would actually say that my relationship with my queer platonic partner is very similar to the relationship I have with my found family. It's very dedicated. I know they're going to be there for me. It's just different than my familial relationships. It's different from just acquaintances I have at work or school. Relationships are different. Every relationship is different. Like, I love you guys, and I love, like, talking to you and hanging out with you, but I also probably would not talk to you as in-depth as I talk to my sister. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I like them, but I'm also not gonna dump all my problems on their doorstep. That's not very nice. <laughs> Especially since some of those problems, it's like, what are you, what, what could y'all possibly do to help? One of you lives in Canada and the other lives like three hours away. <laughs> we're not the furthest apart we could be, but we're very far we're apart. We're damn close. We're damn close we're, to it. Yeah. Being a romantic doesn't mean you can't experience other types of love. Again, yeah, no crap. It's like, it's stuff that we've all said before, so I feel like reading it out loud is just becoming redundant. But it's like, yeah, it, people have seen online that aromanticism is just for a term by straight men who don't want to settle down. And it's, people are so oh, dumb. God. We were they just are. talking about this. Mm-hmm. No. I hate, I hate humans. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Claire points out that women and gender non-conforming people also identify as aromantic, that the community is diverse, and that everyone who identifies as aromantic experiences that differently. Certainly there are men who might identify as heterosexual and aromantic, and they're part of our community, and we always want to support these people, but I think the idea that arrow is just an excuse for straight men to sleep around is totally inaccurate. It is. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. May some Someone have done that at some point? Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. There are always jerks who will take advantage of labels and groups and communities to be a douche canoe. Mm -hmm. Male and female. Mm -hmm. And of course, yeah. Claire says that when they first came out as aromantic to some of their loved ones, a number of them were concerned that this meant they wouldn't be able to feel happy or fulfilled in life. Yeah, because sex and romance is the only way to be happy. Uh... <laughs> To someone who finds that a romantic relationship is important to their happiness. You know, if, if that is what makes you happy, great, do you. But don't shit on me because I don't need that to be happy. I'm not shitting on you because you do need it to be happy. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Humans are not the same. Accept this. We're all different. Yeah. I think there's a pervasive idea that people need romance for happiness. As an aromantic person, I have my friends, I have my family, I have hobbies I enjoy, and I do work that I find very fulfilling. I just don't find fulfillment and joy from romance. And then think you might be aromantic, and they've just got a bunch of stuff here. You can't relate to romance movies or books. That's not necessarily true, because... I don't like romance movies as a general rule because they're sappy and I just don't go in for that. My mom and my grandma both read what I call paranormal heaving bosom book. And the st some of the stories in those books are actually really good. I like them too. And I can definitely relate to the characters and even the stories, even though it's not 
stuff I want for myself. Like, I don't really like romance movies because I find normally they're just written badly, but... Yeah, I don't care for sappy... The amount of romance movies that are girl is in committed relationship, girl meets other guy, girl cheats on fiance. Oh Ugh. my god. Yeah, and then people are like, I wonder why it is that so many people in the modern world can't be loyal to their partner. And it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe because you've been cramming media down everybody's throat. They try to, like, often villainize the original partner which like fair enough but like there are times where I'm like that original partner is not even like he's really nice like yeah he's just a sweetheart and I here's a fun fact about the way romance works for allo romantic and allosexual people the falling in love with somebody the beginning of the relationship where everything is bright and shiny and new and you've got the butterflies and yada yada ding honeymoon phase you get that because of your brain releasing chemicals to basically bring the two of you together it is physically impossible for your brain to continue releasing those amount of chemicals forever and ever more it's just it's not healthy for you and it, it's just not feasible if you truly love someone though you don't need the feel-good chemicals to stay with them and be happy and work together to build a life together. Mm -hmm. People who are like serial cheaters and whatnot haven't figured that out. And they're basically kind of like junkies in a way. They're running from person to person, chasing that initial new shiny relationship high, yeah. rather than going, I like this person as a human being, their morals, beliefs, etc. align with my own. I want to build a life with them. You can do that with your friends, but for some stupid reason, you can't do that with a partner. Why? Mm -hmm. You can have the same friend for 20 years without that whole new shiny relationship chemical high that your brain gives out, but you can't or won't do it in a romantic setting. It's basically kind of the same thing in a way. It's just one relationship is a lot more in-depth and detailed and closer-knit. You know, because this is a person that you literally share everything in your life with. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you put more effort into making that relationship work? Like, I'm an aromantic asexual. And prior to figuring that out, when I was in a committed relationship with a person, I would give like 110% of myself to try and make it work, even when mm -hmm. it was absolute crap. I would hang on tooth and nail and fight to make it work before I finally was like, you know what? Shoot, because even as like a teenager and a young adult, I was smart enough to go, you know, the feel-good chemicals that come with this new relationship are not going to last, but that's not what being in love with a person is. Being in love with a person is committing to them even once those feel-good chemicals are gone. Oh yeah, it seems like we almost might feel less of those feel-good, like a different feel-good honeymoon yeah. thing in a different way. So when we, our disparity between caring about someone and being that original honeymoon period isn't as bad. Like, for some people, that's so yeah. different. And so they're like, I don't see something's wrong. It's different now. And it's like, no, it's nothing is wrong. It's just your brain has stuck. And here's the thing. Like, science has kind of proven that your brain doesn't ever truly stop producing those chemicals for that relationship. It just tapers off how much it produces over time because it's not healthy for your body to be slammed with that much of those chemicals forever. Yeah. I do like romance 
in media. It has to be well written. It has to be well written. I like romance, but I also like found family. I just really like characters yeah. caring about each other. That yeah. makes me happy. Also, I do get a certain amount of annoyance that the, they have to end up in a relationship kind of No, they don't. Thing. It's like, no, look, they're good friends. It's great. Okay, so the magazine article, like the last part is like that you've made up a crush. You've made up a crush. That is a pretty common one. That you're a good friend? That last one's Yeah, Valentine's weird. Day is so not your jam. No, it's not. And even yeah. before I knew I was Arrow Ace, Valentine's Day was not my thing. Because it's like an entirely commercial holiday. It doesn't have anything to do with the romance part of it and all of that. It's entirely because it's just been crammed into the... Like, just jammed into everybody's brain. Especially if you're male, go out and spend all your money on the person you supposedly love or you don't love them. And it's bullshit. It's also, why would you want to go out to a restaurant on a day where all the restaurants are busy? Exactly. <laughs> it seems like the worst day to go out. It is. It's yeah, ridiculous. And then, yeah, five, you're a dedicated friend. Being aromantic doesn't mean you're not drawn to others. It just does, it means you're not drawn to them in romantic ways, whether that's their looks, intellect, vibe, or something else. Healthy aromantic people probably have close friends and other people who matter to them. Yeah. Empathy isn't the same as feeling romantic. We can empathize with children, parents, and all sorts of people for whom we would never experience romantic feelings. Yeah. Do people think that empathy obvious. and robots are the same? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, as a closing part, what? Yeah, why? Why is that necessary? Just. Go on with your life. It's up to you to communicate to potential partners exactly what being aromantic means to you. Is a long-term relationship appealing or does it sound like a drag? Are you an aromantic <laughs> asexual or an aromantic who's into sex? Do you dislike PDA but are cool with cuddling at home? Whatever your answers are, own them and be open about them. The people who deserve you will totally understand. Oh my god. Sounds like an infomercial. <laughs> also, in here, you could also talk to a therapist. <laughs> I mean, I do think you should talk to a therapist in general, but... <laughs> That's true, yeah. And then it's like, use the term because it brings visibility and stuff. It legitimizes their experience, yeah. Oh, wow. If a therapist said, let's figure out how to make you romantic or make you sexual, that's a big red flag to get out. Run so fast. Run Yikes. for the hills. This article wasn't actually the worst thing ever. It was like fairly no. obvious things. Yeah. But because I've always to someone yeah. who's never heard of it. it, it's not a bad article. It wouldn't be as obvious, yeah. Thank you for listening. If you would like to see behind the scenes stuff or be a guest on this podcast, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Knights of Note and Reddit U slash Knights of Note. You can also send us an email at a casual exchange at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Send us any comments, concerns, or questions. That's all from us today, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. A Casual Exchange was created by the Knights of Nope. Producing and editing credits go to Dana. This podcast is hosted by Allie. Music credits are in the description.